Hello and welcome again to VLGA Connect. It's our summer series best of collection, looking back on some of the most watched and most talked about episodes of our last season. For this one, I'm joined by Angus Cleland, who's the CEO of Mental Health Victoria. And we spoke about the unprecedented investment from all levels of government in mental health services and the importance of ensuring that local councils are participants in the solution. Welcome to a special edition of VLGA Connect in conversation today with Angus Cleland, the CEO of Mental Health Victoria. Angus, welcome to VLGA Connect. Thanks, Chris, and thanks for the opportunity to chat. Good to have you here. Uh, I know you've had a late night uh, before we record this because of the federal budget. What are your first thoughts about uh, the federal budget and how it will impact on the work that you're doing? Look, um, as expected, it was uh, it was big, um, but um, it only really paints half of the picture, if you like. There's a number of um, major um, reform um, processes underway through the Productivity Commission inquiry and the National Suicide Prevention Advisors inquiry and the National Children's Mental Health and Wellbeing Strategy and so on. And our expectation was that we get a, a partial response to, to all of those, those issues. And that's, um, that's what's happened and uh, that's to be expected. The numbers though are very big. So um, it is historically large, the, the commitment that's been made. So it's an additional $2.3 billion over four years, um, which is um, a good start. But the main response and the main game really is, is gonna be the budget next year. And it's contingent on a, a new national agreement on mental health and suicide prevention. So the, um, the way that mental health works is that it's a, um, a joint responsibility between the Commonwealth states and territories. So states also have to do heavy lifting and Victoria certainly has, is stepping up to the plate. And we'll see that next week on the 20th of, uh, 20th of May when the budget's handed down, but the rest of the jurisdictions have to um, jump on board. So exciting times, but um, there's a lot more to come. As a result of what's been announced in the federal budget and what you expect might be coming from the state budget, what, what sort of impact do you see happening on the ground in the work that you're doing? Well, um, there has been, a, I guess, over the last few years, a major shift in the uh, approach to mental health and wellbeing service delivery. Um, we're moving from a, an environment of um, a crisis response, if you like, and a, a big focus on um, people being served through um, hospital emergency departments and um, inpatient units. But if we look at the, uh, the federal budget, uh, the, uh, the way it's structured and also the Royal Commission report here in Victoria, the big emphasis and appropriately so is on community-based multidisciplinary care. The big, um, I guess, headline, um, headline items in the budget last night were a large-scale expansion of um, adult and um, uh, children's mental health and wellbeing centres across the country. So on the adult front, there's a $487 million investment in, in those centres. And we're particularly pleased with that because we initiated that, um, that program. We um, developed the initial service concept and pitched, to be frank, to, to the Commonwealth and said this is a good idea. And part of the reason for that pitch was that um, community groups and local councils here in Victoria were coming to us and saying, we need a, um, you know, a, a multi-service hub, a mental health and wellbeing centre, a, a support service within our um, uh, local government area to provide support to people um, when 
you know, they um, couldn't get the help they needed through a GP, but would, you know, were not sick enough to, to meet the very stringent criteria for, um, for hospital. So there's a huge community need there. And um, the, um, the, the federal government has, um, has recognised that. So that's a terrific first step. The, um, at the state level, the, um, the Royal Commission has recommended the expansion of the very same thing. So um, uh, between 50 and 60 of these centres will be rolled out across the state over the next five years. Uh, and it's a question mark of um, who, who funds what, you know, between the Commonwealth and the state. But we'll see a very large scale investment in services at a local level that will really profoundly impact local communities. And um, local councils um, are key to the success of those, those enterprises. In addition to which, um, there'll be a large scale investment um, at a state level in um, all of the LGAs in terms of the um, funding for um, uh, community-based groups to come together and form around mental health and wellbeing. So each, I think there's, is there 79 from, from memory? Correct. Um, each, yeah, each one of them will be funded to um, establish a, a local committee that can look at the mental health and wellbeing needs of the local community and obviously do you know, health promotion and all of those sort of things, but to be able to really tailor services to the needs of local, local community and councils are front and centre of all of that. Are these things that you're hearing councils say they, they need, are these responding to a particular identified need? Yes, it's um, um, there's a, a lack of service um, availability really across the state and across the country, I, I should say, and it becomes particularly um, difficult the further you move from the central business district, really, yeah, as you get push out past the inner suburbs, yeah. there are large-scale gaps in uh, service architecture. It's very difficult to, um, to get an appointment with a, a psychologist or a psychiatrist. And for many, they can't afford to wait weeks or months, and also they can't afford to pay the gap fees either. Mm. So part of the deal with both the Commonwealth and the state is that um, these new centres that are established um, are basically walking. Um, no one is to be turned away, which is a, a, another good concept, a remarkable concept in terms of service delivery, but um, they're fee-free. So people can go there and get the support that they need. Now, given the scale of what we're talking about, there are huge workforce implications and part of what um, the Commonwealth and the state are doing is looking at incentives for um, um, the um, attraction um, training and retention of um, mental health workers and the, the um, mental health workers are not just psychiatrists and GPs they're social workers and occupational therapists and psychologists and so on but we need to grow that workforce and also make sure that it's better distributed across the state so incentives for people to work and train and live in regional Victoria is a big feature uh, of all of this but increasing the size of the workforce is will be absolutely critical we need thousands upon thousands of new workers in Victoria alone just to meet the, the Royal Commission requirements. So wow. it will be um, a big growth um, strategy required. Yeah, that, that's extraordinary scale, what you're describing there. Yeah. And I think you mentioned 50 to 60 centres. Has it has it been determined where those centres will be as yet? Funnily enough, uh, after the, uh, the Royal Commission report was released, let's say on the 2nd of March, on the 3rd of March, the first announcement um, around where the, the first uh, six would be located was... Um, um, was released in um, places like Frankston and Brimbank and uh, um, uh, Ballarat and Bendigo, I think from memory, but I'd have to check that. But we'll see really at least um, uh, 10 to 12 of these rolling out 
each year um, over the, you know, the next five years. But my hope is that um, once the program gets ahead of steam, that um, the numbers will increase and we'll um, sort of uh, bring them all online before that um, you know, 2026, 2025, 2026 period when the, the Royal Commission has said they all need to be up and running and you know, fully operational. How do you see local councils intersecting with this work? What, what would you like to see councils doing? Well, um, local councils, I think, are absolutely critical to the um, design and um, uh, operation of, of these types of services. Unfortunately, councils um, are often left out of the, um, the policy and the planning side of things. They're a key partner that are, uh, to be frank, are often overlooked. And it, there's a really big requirement for councils to, to get involved uh, in these processes. The state government's going to fund um, those um, uh, local um, committees. They've referred to them as collectives um, in each of the LGAs, and that's a, that's a big part of it. Sounds a bit Marxist, doesn't it? Um, but um, uh, that, that's a big part of it. But um, when we come to design all of these services and tailor them to local community needs, council needs to be at the table and that's um it's going to be a key part of um key part of um making those things a successful um enterprise you've been in this role for four years did you imagine when you started in this role that you'd be sitting here now talking about <laughs> such, a, such a large scale rollout of, of of services and work no no indeed um and uh, mental health victoria did didn't exist until um, three years ago. It was um, sort of built on top of a, a sort of very small um, uh, organisation that only looked at um, you know a, a slice, if you like, of the the mental health system. But we recognise that um, the organisation really needed to embrace the whole of the mental health sector. So that's you know the uh, uh, the um, medical colleges, the unions, service providers, um, community groups, and so on, but also to work in coalition with a large number of other sort of powerful organisations and you know, police and, and ambulance have been terrific um, partners for us, um, national organisations as well. And what we really needed to do was to work in coalition to advocate for reform and investment. And, um, you know, some of the, the planets were aligned with things like, uh, you know, state election and federal election cycles, but working in coalition has been incredibly important. And, you know, government does take notice, you know, when we've got some uh, you know, 30 or 40 um, peak bodies and unions involved with us and you know, hundreds of other organisations. So taking that approach has been very successful for us. Angus, uh, it's, it's a great story. We look forward to perhaps catching up with you in another 12 months or so to see what sort of progress has been made as all of this rolls out. But thank you for your time today on VLGA Connect. We hope you enjoyed that look back on one of the highlights of the year 2021 on VLGA Connect. There's more to come from our summer series, Best of Collection. I hope you can join us again soon.